You know, that, that last uh, song that we sang, oof, it, it, it really... It really speaks to my heart, and I pray yours as well, uh, in the sense of, I believe we're all seeking to know the Lord more. Um, I mean, there's the to know you and to know you more. And if, if you're like in a place where you don't know him, that's fine. Uh, here's the good news. <laughs> he knows you really well. And you might be going, oh, darn. No, he knows you really well, and not only that, but he wants you. That's the cool part. Uh, and yet he already knows you, and he wants you. But then, to know you more is the journey of a disciple of Christ. There's more to learn. There's so much more to learn. And I can say it from my perspective, there's so much more to learn as well. So um, I'm really grateful to be here, and I'm... I'm I'm thinking of, uh, it blows me away, the, uh, uh, I, I feel it's kind of appropriate to be having me uh, speaking only because of these uh, wonderful instruments below my feet right now, which I like them below my feet. <laughs> uh, Johnny and Friends this weekend, so, which is absolutely incredible, the ministry there and what Pastor Travis and Pastor Ian and Dealing, uh, just a whole bunch of people are there. So that's really, really good. And so please, I pray for you and ask you to continue to pray for them because it continues. God's going to do amazing things. He always does, but really to lay out the blessing and that they would get blessed as indeed they seek to be a blessing to others. So, um, But here's also the part that's really neat is the fact we're here. Oh my goodness, you're here. Beth, good to see you. Dear. I'm sorry. Sorry, I have a private moment. <laughs> Good to see you. Can I have, give you a hug later? I, okay, thank you. I have to ask that appropriately here in the uh, presence of all. So bottom line is, uh, we carry on, even though Pastor Travis and crew is somewhere else. And we go, but we're still the body of Christ, right? We're still summit, right? The Holy Spirit is still here, right? So with that, let's dive in, okay? Uh, so I, I really want to start with a question. And the question is this, friend or foe, which are you? Uh, <clears throat> to whom do you pledge your allegiance? Okay, now that's a trick question. I'm going to tell you right off the top, it's a trick question, so be aware of that. But to whom uh, do you pledge your allegiance? Last weekend was Memorial Day weekend, um, and uh, as a result, uh, uh, we remembered those who pledged their allegiance and their lives uh, to the country, to uh, gave their lives for our country and so forth. Soon on the 14th of June is what? Anybody know what the four flag day, right, flag day. So, and then 4th of July, we all love the 4th of July, but we're supposed to be remembering those who, who uh, uh, gave mutually pledged their, their uh, lives, their fortunes, their uh, honor, you know, all of that, it's right in the Declaration of Independence to read that. So, and growing up, ha, a, a warm moment. Growing, growing up, I went to a one-room schoolhouse. I did, and yes, my mother was my teacher, which had its moments, okay. Uh, <clears throat> but we all stood in our little rows and desks, and up front was the, was the flag, picture of two presidents, Washington and Lincoln, I think. And uh, we would we would pledge allegiance to 
the flag, right? We'd pledge allegiance to the flag, and we'd sometimes sing America the Beautiful, and I, you know, what I'm sure different people, some of you really remember that. Others might be going, especially someone perhaps uh, watching uh, whatever uh, in a different location. Uh, you did what? Yes, in school we did that, okay? Then we had a library attached, we went out into the other room, and we prayed and all that kind of stuff, okay? But bottom line is, we pledged allegiance to the flag, and we put our hand over our chest, and we'd say, and pledge it, because that's what you do, that's what you are. You're a citizen of the United States of America, and you're pretty happy to be that, uh, all that kind of stuff. And uh, so, the presidents coming into office, they pledge an article to the, to the U.S. Constitution to preserve, protect, defend the Constitution of the United States. Interesting Constitution, which represents us, the country. Government, military, uh, coming into service, they all have to uh, pledge as well. Uh, make a pledge, Article 6, the United States Constitution quote, to support and defend the Constitution of the U.S. against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Uh, that'd be us all, right? So why not all of us? So pledge. Sounds kind of logical. However, such allegiance in the minds of many U.S. citizens these days is a bit confused and follow me here, America seems kind of divided and double-minded about citizenship in the U.S. and disregarding and disrupting the rights of others, and I don't need to go into all of that. You see it, it happens all the time. And so the light of friendship, uh, friendship and uh, faith becomes exchange for darkness of enmity and evil. All that kind of stuff going on, not, not good. So, so where am I going with all of this? You might be thinking, I'm sure some of you are. Perhaps I'm not going where you think I'm going to be going. So I can say this without question. Today we live in a messed up world. <laughs> can we all agree? Okay, yeah, it, it's, it's messed up. Okay, uh, seriously, uh, you know, tough, horrific tragedy in elementary school in Texas. We prayed about that. Pray you're continuing to pray for families, pastors, priests, uh, all members of clergy as they walk alongside with that. Uh, but then there's a serious, horrific uh, uh, war in Ukraine, which has been part of our uh, awareness for a long time. We are not there, but it's pretty darn rugged. So all of that's going on. Uh, and so lots of people quarreling and fighting and against one another and very, for various reasons. Lots of conflict and confusion taking sides, exchanging sides, and sometimes you just have to turn off the TV. Right? Do I hear an amen? amen. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> now ask me how well I do with that. Okay. Uh, so, uh, but that's happening from people, people in the country to people in the pews. Hello. That'd be us. Uh, lots of us all around the country. Okay. And it's like this, who's on our side? Who's on their side? Uh, uh, you know, who's a friend? Who's a foe? Uh, it just, it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And, and sometimes even in us. So, but here's the trick question. Here's the set I set you up, okay, for this. Ugh, I'll tell you, I've wrestled with this myself a lot. So are you ready for the setup? Uh, Christian, church, as citizens of heaven... Whose side are you on? Whose side 
Are you on? Are you friend? Or are you foe? Oof. Now, some of you are going like, look, I came in here with all kinds of heaviness. I don't need more heaviness, okay? There's going to be some wonderfulness later on, but you have to buckle up a little bit, and we'll get there. Okay, so we're in a ser ser uh, sermon series in, uh, uh, on the book of James here at Summit, which has been great. It's excellent, practical stuff. Always, when you read, if, if anyone says, I don't... I don't know what to read in the Bible. It's just, I don't know, I can't figure it out. Say, look, why don't you just pick up James? <laughs> You'll find something there for you, okay? Uh, that kind of stuff. But here's, uh, what I'd like to do, I change this around in my head. I'd rather read the entire text of today right here, and you can, so get out your apps, your Bibles, whatever, anything you have with you, and if you don't, because you've memorized it in Greek anyway, that's okay. Uh, but I'd like, to, I'd like to read the whole thing in context, right up front, okay? Um, and then, uh, then we'll go into it. But just know this, these words that we're reading, they're for us. They're for the church. They're not for them, okay? They're for us. Say us. Yes, okay. So here we go. Ready? Let's, let's look at it. If you find it, if you have it, and I'm sorry if you don't. I'm going to have a drink of water momentarily here. Um, Okay, so, James starts in chapter 4, verse 1. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask, and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know the friendship with the world is enmity with God? I had to look up the word enmity. Okay. Um, therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it's no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit Spirit that he has made to dwell in us. Ha, here's the good part. This is the part you all look for. But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. Just insert before God. Okay, You double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Which is all leading into this verse here. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Ah. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law and you're not a doer of the law but a judge... Uh, there's only one lawgiver and judge. He was able to save and to destroy. Huh. I think he's telling us who, who it is. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Ah, sweet. What a wonderful text. I thought about texting Travis and say, thank you, buddy. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't. Okay. So, uh, do you, do you, now do you get it? Do you see this question, friend or foe, where I'm, where I'm coming from? It's this right here. And honestly... Uh, I've wrestled with this text a bunch. I still do. 
Uh, and so this is where we're going. So friendship, think about friendship. You know, friendship uh, raises a lot of questions about someone's faithfulness, loyalty, allegiance, doesn't it? Are you a friend? Well, I mean, honestly, are you loyal? Are you, okay, all that stuff. So in marriage, marriage won't tolerate a third lover or a second timer, a one night stander. An athlete can't wear two jerseys and play for both teams. Probably somewhere somebody's doing it and saying it's okay, but a uh, soldier can't wear two uniforms and yet fight for both sides, right? So where is your allegiance pledged? To what? To whom? To whom are you uh, faithful, so to speak? To whom are you faithful? So, well, I, I don't know. Does it really matter? I mean, I can see people thinking that or saying, I mean, does it really matter? Well, can I just use a little uh, illustration uh, that's okay. I am, whether you want me to or not. Okay, so <laughs> recruitment. Recruitment. That happens everywhere. Recruitment happens everywhere. Uh, you know, uh, like uh, college athletic team, okay? The question is often, is, what school are you going to? What colors are you going to wear? Ha. You know, what colors are you going to wear? Now, if we're talking about college basketball, <clears throat> there's only one right answer in this house. Carolina. Right? Yeah. Where, what, what, who is it? What's, what's the right college? North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. The Tar Heels, right? And there's only one color. I, I'm not wearing it. I'm sorry. What's the one color? Carolina blue. Carolina blue. Say Carolina blue. Say, say to Travis... Carolina blue with pride. Uh, not with pride, just say Carolina blue. Carolina. Oh, come on. Come on, give him Carolina blue. Ready? Carolina, Carolina blue. Okay, yeah, great. So if you're loyal, Travis is. I mean, he's even got the, he's got the shoes to prove it, right? So, oh, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some serious heat from Travis when he gets back. Uh, so... Political parties do it. Christian denominations do it. You know, a part, are you Democrat? Are you Republican? Are you, you know, what are you kind of thing? Uh, are you, and then religion. Are you Catholic? Are you Protestant? Are you Methodist? Are you all of this stuff going on? Uh, and even our own country, you've got that going on. Of course, you've got the gangs, you've got the terrorist groups, you've got all these things going. But which side are you on? Which side of the street do you, you on? Where's, what protest line and all that kind of stuff? Citizens once pledged allegiance to this very country and flag have slipped away to the other side. You know, that kind of thing happens. And either you're an American or you're not. You certainly can't be from both sides. Uh, that kind of thing. Uh, now we have our own citizenry conflicts going on. So which flag? Which anthem? Which which colors? You see? Do you see where I'm going on this? So so then here's the kicker <laughs> for all, us all of us. Forget all of that. Uh, the, the citizen of the United States of America. What about being a citizen of the Kingdom of God? Ah. Uh, Darn. Okay, so th that, this, these words are to me as well. So is it possible that we think differently when it comes to us and, and our citizenship? I mean, we pledge our faith to our Savior, Jesus Christ. We do. We say, ah, I pledge, yeah, I pledge my faith to him on Sunday. Then uh, we even confess our belief 
together. Sometimes some churches have a like a, 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 a something they confess or common creed. All together we say it in unity. And we may sing in a church that we are a friend of God. I love that song. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. It's probably gotten old by now. Some of you are like, what? No, okay, I'm sorry. So how about this? Well, there's the old one. Uh, we sing uh, a hymn. What a friend we have in Jesus. Okay, see? See? It's there, okay? Uh, and then if casting crowns come out, they say, Jesus, friend of sinners. You know, right? So we got all this friend thing going. And so with our lips, we sing that we are friends with God. But with our lives on Monday, and I'm like, what about me on Monday or Tuesday? I don't know. Maybe your day's Thursday. Thursday, excuse me. Okay. Uh, that kind of thing. So how can we do such a thing? How can I do such a thing? How can we be okay with the world's way of this switch hitting all the time? Uh, depending on what station you turn into, what interviewer, what, who you're staying in front of, this kind of back and forth. Why do we do that? Which tends to make more mess in this already messed up world. Uh, ah, what's at the root of it? I mean, we want to know what's at the root of it. Uh, in this confusion, this confliction over faith and friendship and allegiance. And how are we going to mature? How are we going to grow up as Christians as a church to, to better impact the world? And we want to be here uh, with Gorham. Okay, we don't want to just come in and just slam around and like say awesome things, you know, to Gorham. We, we are here with Gorham and we want to make a good and bright impact. So here we are with, uh, how are we going to do that? Well, we stepped up faith. It's a messed up world. Let's step up our faith. Okay? So we got that going. Great. Uh, well, how do I know if my faith is stepped up? Okay? Well, I'm going to give us, in this text, we're going to find basically a faith assessment. Okay? Say faith as assessment. Faith assessment. Okay? So, uh, it, guaranteed, by the way, this <laughs> uh, it measures quite well. It's very simple. Okay? And I'm gonna, there's going to be a takeaway for you right here, this, this main point, basically. And it's this. Uh, the diagnostic test is this. Uh, acting with prideful strife means that you are a friend of the world and a foe of God. Whereas acting with humble submission means that you are a friend of God and a foe of the world. Okay? I'll say that again. If you're acting in some way, uh, acting, are you acting with prideful strife, which means that you're a friend of the world and a foe to God? Or are you acting with humble submission, meaning that you are a friend of God and a foe to the world? So how have you been acting? How have I been acting? Don't ask Katie. I'm trying to see where she is right now, but don't ask her. <laughs> She'll tell you just how well I've been, okay? So, uh, which is more characteristic of your faith, okay? Okay, let's dive in with this. All right, so this is, uh, sorry, this is set up, but I, I really feel this is where we need to go. Friend of God or friend of uh, the world, basically. So which are you, Christian? So far in chapters 1 through 3, we've got this. We've got these differences going on, right? We've got true faith versus fake faith. I'm sorry, true faith versus fake faith. Uh, a true teacher versus a uh, phony teacher. In control tongue, out of control tongue. Heavenly wisdom and what? 
earthly wisdom. Now, and that was last week. We've got that all memorized, right? Uh, so why are we doing this? Why go through all of this? Well, uh, for maturity. So today, there's, we're going to be talking about another difference. Difference between friend and foe. Well, what's the point here? The point is this. Very simple. You can't serve both. Where have we heard that before? Now, I don't know. I'm going to perhaps also date myself a little bit. Bob Dylan came out with a song. Do you remember the song? Does anybody remember when Bob Dylan decided to be Christian and write a Christian song? You've got to serve somebody. Oh my goodness. Crash and burn right there. It, nobody remembers. Okay, I'll move on to that. But it was... It was uh, Either you've got to serve somebody, either the devil or that kind of... It, it, was, it was... We loved it. I loved it. It was pretty cool. It means grow up in a sense. Uh, our faith must step up in the messed up world. So we'll divide this text into this. Uh, part one, what we do problematically. Part two, what we are uh, particularly. Part three, what we must do uh, uh, practically. Uh, and then we end with the final warning of what not to do personally. So... Uh, that kind of, that's where we're going to go. So part one, and I'm looking, is it, oh good, is there something up there? Okay, so, uh, sorry. So part one, here we are. What we do problematically, and basically verses one through three cover that. So look at verse one, and what does it say we do? Huh. We, the fight, thank you. Who said that? Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, girl, I'm sorry. I, I, I'll pray for you, okay. I'm sorry, I'm making fun of you, brother, but I'm not. No, so yes, we fight, right? Uh, but we're Christians, aren't we? <laughs> we fight? Come on. Uh, is there a problem in paradise? Somebody say, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> right. So uh, in the community of Christ, in the church, where there should be unity, there are uh, tensions, discord, Gord, drifts, friction, fractions, factions, disagreements, fights, quarrels, arguments, power grabs, domestic disputes, lawsuits, separations, divorces, all kinds of things. I mean, the litany goes on. Of course, I'm not talking about summit, huh, right? Uh, but truthfully, uh, and I'm, I'm, uh, mass mentorship is what I do. So I mentor a lot of pastors. I, I see a lot of churches. And there's pain everywhere. I'm sorry, there's pain everywhere. And I know it pains Travis's heart when he hears other brothers who are in pain because of the pains that they're dealing with. So it's everywhere, okay? Uh, some of you might be saying, well, then why would I even join the church or a church, okay? You join the church because you're not joining... Um, well, you're joining with a p bunch of people, but you're with the body of Christ. It, you're with Christ. And that's a far better place to be, okay? It's just saying we're not perfect. But the problems are symptomatic of a much deeper cause. I mean, what's the cause? What's the, the reason with it? Well, here's the answer. It's right here in front of us. Your passions, right? Your passions that battle within you, okay? It says your passion. And where is that? In your heart. Say heart. All right, yeah, okay, so it's a heart. So true, it's true today, not only in the world, but it's true in the church, okay? This, I, you know, people are saying, oh, why the violence, and oh, I think it's this or that, we should take a log about this and get removed with that, and we're going all over the place. Nobody's talking about the heart. Nobody's talking about that. 
And it is the heart. And by the way, I'm just going to do this once, but there, it's, it's kind of neat sometimes when you discover what the Greek word is, and it kind of gives you a hint. The Greek word for passions is hedonen. Sounds like hedonistic, doesn't it? We, uh, we use the word, ah, they're hedonistic all the time. Hedonistic, yeah. Uh, uh, so literally it means selfish, sensual pleasures, lusts, desires, stuff of ego, stuff of libido, all of that wrapped up. Like It's like a thirst that's never quenched. It's like a fire that's never uh, doused. It's like an itch that's never scratched, okay? What's the cause? Disease of the heart. By the way, professionals call it, I'm looking at you, Beth, professional that you are, HTH disease. I'm pausing intentionally. <laughs> okay, HTH disease. Say HTH disease. I know, you've never heard it before. Neither had I, but I'll get to that in a minute. Okay, further symptoms of this problem... It's by what we do. I mean, you look at verse 2, it goes on, you know, you want, you kill, you covet, you quarrel, you fight over things. Well, what's up with that, church? I mean, what's up with that? I mean, well, we do a lot of crazy things in church, in churches, okay? I don't, I'm, listen, I'm not talking about Summit specifically. I'm just including us in the group, okay? Uh, so we do this uh, even in churches around. I've been on, in a lot of churches, and yes, it happens. And all of this disease of the heart is HT. H disease. Now some of you are saying, will you please tell me what HTH disease is? You know what it is? Have to have. Have to have. Say have to have. <laughs> I have to have my Cheerios in the morning, especially the honey nut Cheerios. No, I, I have to have what, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, my wants, my wishes, my way, my will. I want that to be done now. Whether or not, I want it to be done now here on earth. Whether or not it's done in heaven, <laughs> I want it. Okay, HTH uh, turns wants into perceived and desperate needs. Desperate needs must be achieved, right? I'm desperate. No time for waiting, no time for faith. This kind of faith can be assessed this way. I mean, there's no other way to assess this kind of difficulty in this faith. It's, it's called prideful strife. Say prideful strife. Prideful strife. Okay, so do you know anything about prideful strife <laughs> in your own life? Ah, oh, no. <laughs> no. Ask Katie. There's no prideful strife in this guy. <laughs> right? Prideful strife is oftentimes there, yep. Uh, and so, James makes a de declarative statement in verse 2. You, you don't ask. Uh, no prayer, no asking, no consultation with God, no consultation with the Word of God at all. Likely, we've given up asking. We've given up waiting. I mean, I don't have time for all of that. Uh, I just, ugh, I've got these feelings I have. I just don't have time for any of that. In fact, the tendency is to do this, react, not respond. People love to react. Put a microphone in front of them. Uh-oh. Whatever. <laughs> Put a microphone in front of them, and people will react all over the place. But they won't think first, wait, and then respond. See? And that, that's, that's kind of thing. So we, it's because of this HTH disease, prideful striving, 
of the heart. Uh, prideful striving and strife. So even if you do pray, it, in a sense, sometimes even if you do pray, James says, uh, you're hoping perhaps to score points with God or self-justify or move God or something. Basically, he says, you're asking with a wrong motive. Okay, to spend what you want. Uh, you waste it, you squander it, you blow it all. Kind of sounds like the prodigal son in Scripture, doesn't it? Uh, or honestly, does it sound like you at times? Sounds like me at times. I'm sorry. I'm just confessing this, and this may be the last time I preach here, uh, but I'm confessing you. I, sure, yeah, unfortunately. That sometimes is the problem. Uh, sometimes we do that at times. And we call ourselves Christians. No, that's a problem everywhere. I don't care what church you go to. You might find the perfect church. You know the rest of the line. When you find a perfect church and you join it, guess what? It is what? No longer perfect. Right, okay. Uh, so, three brief observations about HDH of the heart. And I know them uh, to be personally true for me. Number one is this. Uh, it never leads to contentment. Hmm. Never leads to contentment. It feeds a greater uh, need. Uh, permanently, you're never permanently satisfied. Gandhi said the world provides enough for every man's need, but not for every man's greed. Hmm. Have you found that to be true? Never leads to contentment. But how about this number two? Never improves on another's condition. It often leads to gain at the expense of others. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, others' loss kind of thing. Th talk about it. Call it collateral damage. Uh, marriage, family, business, career, reputation, honor. It never improves on another's condition. It often wrecks things. It makes a mess of things. So number three, it never, never takes God's heart into consideration. Self-serving. All... All that matters is the unholy trinity. Huh. You all know who the, what, the unholy trinity at all? Me, myself, and I, right? And that's all that matters. And so that kind of thing. So problematically, this prideful HDH is what we do. It's never a good thing. So part two says this. But what we are particularly, and he gets explicit, hang in there with me. This James doesn't mince any words. Got to do this. Got to take this and look at it. He calls it like it is in verse 4. It's kind of an ouch. He says, you adulterous people. Well, that's not very Christian. <laughs> that's not very nice. And he says, you adulterous people, right? Uh, you you two-timing unfaithful body of harlots. Ooh, that's God. Th those are my words, by the way. Uh, don't you know? Are you so dense? Are you so dull? Are you so blockheaded? You don't get it? Either you're a friend or you're a foe. Either you're a friend or you're a foe. Trying to keep it simple. There's no two ways about it. Friendship with the world uh, is hatred toward God. Friend of the world, you're a foe or enemy of God. What do, when we say the word world, what do you mean? Cultural, mindset, system, political view, perspective, personal way of living, lifestyle, all, anything, all things of that nature. To self-justify that I can do whatever I want to do. That's encouraging, isn't it? So far, you guys are looking so wonderfully encouraged. Okay, that's okay. There's encouragement to come, so hang in. Uh, uh, basically, uh, you can't play the middle as a frenemy. I mean, that would be God uh, and the world. I'm a frenemy. 
okay? You choose allegiance to one, you become an enemy of the other. I'm sorry, that's the way it is. And I'm not saying it, God's saying it, right? It's in his word here. You can't be a friend of both and an enemy of neither. Uh, well, excuse me, there is, there is one way. You go on one of those shows, I probably shouldn't mention a show, where there's a bunch of people, particularly women, that sit around the table, I won't mention. <laughs> right? And you can be both. You can be both. Uh, or, or pick whatever news network. I don't care whether you're on the right or the left. It doesn't matter. It's the same kind of thing. Uh, you may think you can. You try hard to be. You might even pretend that there's no sides at all because I'm in the middle. I'm Switzerland. You know? And uh, sorry, apologies for anyone from Switzerland, by the way. Uh, you may convince yourself this compromise right now, that's okay. It's no big deal. No harm done. And yet Jesus comes along and says in Matthew 6, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and, uh, that's the quandary, money, mammon, whatever your translation is, that's kind of where it's going. Now, that's extreme, I mean, that's, there's no, somebody, sometimes people say, well, that's black and white. And believe me, there's plenty of gray in the world, but this one is kind of black and white. Okay, so uh, your actions, my actions, betray me all the time. And I'm certain they betray you all the time. So uh, can I be clear really quick, just a, just a sidebar? Uh, here's what I'm not saying. Please understand. I'm not saying that uh, employment in the government or being a servant, you know, public servant is wrong. I'm not saying that at all. In fact, yes, work in the world. Be a part in the world. Uh, be a servant in the world. I don't care what your job is. I'm not talking about that, you know, you shouldn't be employed in the world. No, you should, okay, be employed. It's just don't have the mindset. My goodness, when I first started working, it was in a nursing home. Man, when we would go to the break room, <laughs> boy, was that some kind of sessions we'd have in there about the administrator or about things. It was not good. That was an unhealthy climate, and that got into my head a bit. Not good. We don't want to be that. We don't want to have the mind of the world. We want to work in the world, and it's good to work in the world. Okay, so be clear on that. But church, we can't be the bride of Christ uh, on one hand, and a prostitute to the world. There, I said it. Can't. Can't do that. Uh, Christian, you can't be a friend of Jesus and sleep with the enemy of God. Uh, nor can, I can't. I can't. Uh, anyone here like the option of like playing both sides? <laughs> doesn't feel good. I'm not looking for show of hands, by the way. Doesn't feel good. It, it just doesn't resonate. And yet, darn it, we get caught up in that. We get drawn into that. Oh. You know, who's going to save us? The answer is, somebody give the right answer. Jesus. Jeez, thank you. That's right. Tra remember Travis said that last week? Like, if you ever, if there's a question, and if you don't know what the answer is, just say Jesus, and you're right. Well, you're, this is another one. You're totally right. So, what does God do? What does God give to us, the immature Christians? Well, he gives us the dickens. Well, of course, that's an old phrase. Uh, he gives us a whooping. No, no. No, he doesn't. Look at this. This is really, here's the answer. He gives us grace. Say grace. grace. Yeah. This is the good news part. You could be so messed up 
and God still gives you grace. I'm messed up. God gives me grace. Okay, that's uh, the fact that I'm here today is the grace of God. Okay, so uh, and so we're, we're, He gives us more grace, more unmerited favor. Uh, he He opposes who? Who does He oppose? The who? What? Proud. He opposes the proud, but He gives grace to whom? The humble. I'm going to say that he, he opposes who? The proud, but gives grace to whom? Uh, see? See what I'm saying? See where I'm going with this? Uh, I don't know about you, but which do you prefer? Do you, do you want to be opposed by God, or do you want to be a friend of God? So, humility. So, we are particularly humbly in great need of grace. I need it. We all need it. So, listen, sometimes life humbles you. I'm sidebar here, just sidebar. Sometimes life humbles you. Uh, uh, whether you like it or not. My PML, uh, my sarcoidosis, the result, these crutches, do you think I like it? I don't. Again, fair question, you can ask KD. I do not like them, Sam I am. Okay? I just don't. I don't. Uh, but... But what I'm coming to learn in this humbling process is that my ruin becomes his redemption. Uh, my disability becomes his ability. Uh, my disappointments become his appointments. To be used of God. Imagine that. Imagine that. I still remember being flat on my bed in the rehab hospital, and this big, tall guy, that'd be Travis, comes walking in. I'm thinking, oh my goodness. Wow. You know, it was from there to be here. Just see what I mean? I'm, I'm, whoa. So, I don't like it, but here I am. Okay, so it's that kind of thing. So, truth being told that uh, sometimes greater humility can mean greater hope. How can that be? Well, because prideful strife is often stirred by your own hopelessness. When I get hopeless, that's when I get in, really into uh, prideful strife. Yeah, when I get hopeless, but when there's humble submission, you're often strengthened by the hope that you have in Christ. Do you have hope in Christ? Someone say, I have hope in Christ. Somebody say, thank you. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you have to say that when you are in a miserable, stinking situation. And <laughs> you're going like, I'm so done with this. Can I throw in the towel now? Maybe you've already thrown in the towel and put your fist through the wall at the same time. Okay? But you say, but my hope is in Christ. That's, that's where I'm at. That's, that's all I got left. That's it. And, and actually, God's going like, finally, Rick. Finally. That's supposed to be that way from the very beginning. Okay, so, so far we've talked about what we do problematically, part two, what we are particularly. Are you still with me? Sort of. Give me the yes. Well, okay, I'm going to keep going. All right, so part three. What we must do practically, verses seven and ten. Look at the text yourself. How do we fight this thing? What, what's the cure for this HDH of the heart? Well, the answer is humble submission. Say humble submission. Okay, so verse seven and eight, it says submit yourselves to God. Literally, to submit is to place yourself under, okay? Submit yourself, place yourself under uh, the authority of another. I say, well, uh, 
I already did that when I gave my life to Jesus back in 37 and uh, whatever. Okay, actually, I probably should say in 77. <laughs> probably what I should say. Okay, um, so okay, great. Uh, but you gave you gave your you know, he, he saved my life, but now is he savior of your heart? Is he lord of your heart? Uh, that kind of messes with your faith a little bit, doesn't it? Uh, now it's time to kind of step up that part, okay? So how do I do that? Well, here you go. Three brief steps to renew stepped-up faith. And I keep trying to work this myself, okay? So I do not have this perfected. But first of all, resist. Say resist. Okay, resist. And verse 7 tells us about that. Break out of the things that trap you, that lure you, that hold you. How do I do that? Two words. It's, it's fight and flight. Fight Confront the spiritual with spiritual prayer. Fight with spiritual prayers. Fight with scripture. Fight with what he's given you, what he's given us. Fight with that, okay? And then flight. That's a good thing. <laughs> well, I think I'm just going to get real close to it and see how close I can just get to the very edge and not fall off. Does that work? Nope. I fall off all the time. So you flee that. Get away from that, okay? Uh, so have you done that? Uh, you know, have you separated yourself from the temptation that's around you? Step two, return. Say return. Okay, so return. Uh, draw near to God and he will draw near what? To you. Oh, that's interesting. I thought he was freaked out about me. <laughs> Fortunately, he wants you to draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. How do you return to God? Well, it says right here, come clean. Wash your hands and purify your heart before God. Return like the prodigal son did. Uh, no demands. No excuses. No victimhood stuff. Well, you don't know my past. Or I've, I've got the, this thing. You know, no, you just, you just come to him. No excuses. This is how it is. Remember the hymn? Nothing in my hands I bring. Only to the cross. I cling. Ah, I love those words. I don't bring a darn thing. You know the little drummer boy <laughs> at Christmas? You know, I don't have all the gold and all that stuff. I'll play a song. for It's so cute. But that's what we're supposed to be as children of God. We come to him. I, don't, I got nothing. I got, I, I got nothing. Pockets are empty. I got, but I'm coming to you. So brother, sister, can you come to him? Have you come to him? Will you come to him? I promise you, he's not going to give you a slap down. Maybe some of you have experienced that and you're afraid. I mean, he's God after all. He's Father after all. He's not going to give you the strap. He's going to give you grace. He did it already by giving his son. That's the whole point of the thing. Hebrews 12, I'm sorry, Hebrews 10, 22 says, let, let us draw near to God with an angry heart. What is, this? what is it? Let us draw near to God with what? Grateful heart, sincere heart. Yeah, okay. I, I can do that. And full assurance of what? That you're going to get a whooping? No. Assurance of faith. Okay. Uh, having our <clears throat> hearts sprinkled, cleansed uh, from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Church, it's the only way you, the only way me, the only way any of us are going to be able to return to the Father is by the blood of Christ. Period. That's it. Not by how well you've scrubbed your hands. You know, what is it? Sing happy birthday. 
you know, and, and just pray that God cleans you from your sins. No, it's not that. It's not, well, you've cleansed your computer uh, or scrubbed the files, whatever. You, your sin, my sin, our sin, the only way is by the blood of Christ, period. Stop. So step one is to resist. It leads to step two, return, which leads to step three, repent. Oh, there's that word. You know, the guy with the placard, you know, repent. It, don't think that, okay? But verse six, change the way of thinking. Get in the, the noggin's got to get straightened out. You got to change in your way of thinking. How do you resist God? Not by going around self-flagellating and kicking yourself and I'm a loser all the place. That's what depression does as some kind of depend, uh, penance, but rather an attitude, godly sorrow. I'm broken inside. Somebody once wrote a great chorus about that. Okay? I'm broken inside. Okay, yeah. I'm grieving the Holy Spirit. So turning away from what gripped your heart and turning to the one who holds your heart. I, I'm, I'm going to turn away from what gripped my heart. I'm going to turn to the one who holds my heart. That's what I'm going to do. So resist, return, repent. That's humble submission. First Peter 5, 6 says, Therefore, humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up. And he'll do it in due time. Sometimes with God will go like, Isn't it due time yet? <laughs> Sometimes it's going like, I know, love, that you would like it to be now, but I'm sorry, not quite yet, but in due time. That's what parents say sometimes. Can I go outside? In due time. <laughs> Can I have dessert now? In due time. <laughs> Sometimes it's like that, right? Okay, so uh, Christian, I'm trying to wrap this up. Christian disciple here, you, you, uh, even if you feel like I'm a turncoat, uh, there's a nice revolutionary war thought. I'm a turncoat. Maybe you're a no coat, <laughs> okay, at all. You can still come to him. You can still come to him. Okay, so that John Stott said this. At every stage of our Christian development and in every sphere of our Christian discipleship, pride is the greatest enemy and humility our greatest friend. Okay, final warning here is this, and hopefully you've you survived this far. This is what you're not to do. Basically, beware of the first sign of pride. Ha! Turn to somebody and say that. Beware of the first sign of pride. Go ahead, do it, because they're going to go like that. That'd be you. Okay. Uh, so, what you're not to do is this. Here's the word, listen, slander. We don't use that word much, in, except in the legal terms. Say slander. It, it, has a, it has a ring to it. Slander. I mean, you know, it just slanders what this is about. So verse 11, you know, talks about that. Slander is to speak evil of someone, falsely accuse, make damaging uh, criticism, demean, defame, all that kind of stuff, to speak evil, to condemn people, all that kind of stuff going on. Well, how uh, the law says, well, you're supposed to love your neighbor. How's it going? Ah, oh, darn. He put that in there. Love your neighbor, okay? Ninth commandment, don't bear false witness against your neighbor. Of course, we don't do that in church at all, do we? We don't slander anyone in church, do we? Uh, of course not, because we're special, perfect Christians. We do. There, I can say it, because I'm not Pastor Travis. It happens. I'll pick a church, any church. It happens. People do it. It's not good. It's terrible, but people do it. Uh, so, what, in a sense, what makes you judge and jury? Do you get the idea to, to say that about someone else? Again, turn on the TV, turn on the media, 
boy, we got it going, depending on what your favorite station is. It reinforces, they've got it going, so I can say it, okay? But James says, no, not, not, no, no. The only one who's able to do that is the lawgiver, the judge, the, the executioner, all, you know, all wrapped up in one, and that would be God, okay? And not you, not me, not any personality. So who in heaven's name are you? <laughs> is kind of what it's saying. Uh, so listen, when we gossip, when we spread uh, rumors and pass judgment in church, you put yourself above God. I put myself above God. I, we, we just do that. It's not good. So listen, it's one thing to discern. So, some people say, well, I, I don't want to judge. I don't want to judge. Well, they're missing the point because we're supposed to discern right from wrong. We're supposed to know evil from good. We're supposed to know obedience from disobedience. That's discernment, okay? But it's another thing to judge arrogantly is if you stand above it and you're better than them, okay? Uh, so, Christian, who around you? Who's around, oh, I'll, I, who's around you when you cop an attitude? I cop an attitude. <laughs> uh, I do. Ask my kids on that one sometimes. Of course we do. But what little eyes, what little ears, if you've got young children, are around you when you vent, when you fume, when you criticize? Look, maybe your neighbor is a schmo. I don't know. Is, is that a bad word to say in church? Schmo? Somebody will correct me afterwards. Uh, let's just say a total fool, okay? Uh, but does the, does the family need to hear your run-on commentary? Uh, I get sometimes checked with that. You know, do, do you have to give a run-on on that one? Uh, and I won't say who corrects me on that one. Uh, maybe, maybe your Christian brother is a pain in the backside. There, I said the right word. Maybe your Christian sister is likewise, okay? Um, did, they, did anyone around you need to hear your rants and raves about that? Uh, uh, because pride says, I don't have to take it anymore. Because pride says, you know, uh, I'm done with this. Uh, pride says, I I'm no more concerned about them. I'm concerned about me. And that's oftentimes what's going in my heart. Honestly, going on with that. So church, what's the witness to Christ? What's the witness of Christ in our neighborhoods? In our, in our workplaces, all around the place? Where is that? So conclusion, worship team finally come up, going like, can we get up there, please? Get this guy off the stage. Worship team, come on up. Uh, uh, so friend or foe, okay, where do you pledge your allegiance? See where I'm going? I, you thought, magnify, I'm going on some kind of right-wing political something. No, I'm not. I'm going right down the middle to us as a church. Where do you pledge your allegiance? To whom do you pledge your allegiance? Uh, what is the assessment of your Christian faith, uh, your Christian witness, as, as it was lived out last week. Forget this week to come, because you already know you're going to be perfect. Uh, what about last week, okay? Uh, honestly, all of us suffer to varying degrees with this disease, this kind of thing. So here's what I do. I'm going to end with this. Three, and, and uh, this is I'm worked out myself and I'm working on it. Three questions I have to ask myself. Three things that you can ask yourself, Okay. Uh, when you get into that place, you, you feel a heart attack coming on. I say this lovingly, but, you know, the spiritual kind. Uh, number one, would I really be more content if I had what I want? That's a hard question. Because first of all, you go, oh, yeah. But no, are you really? Think about it. Is it different? Is there a difference between need and greed? Number two, would others be better off? Oh, 
others? Would others be better off if I have what I want? Think, everything comes with a cost, doesn't it? Uh, who's going to pay? And then number three, is what I want for me? Is it, or is it what God wants for me? Think, God has his will, his plan, his desire. Do mine line up with his? Does my heart line up with his heart? Though, just keep it simple. Those three questions, I, at least for me, one of them stops me in my, in my tracks. So tell me what side are you on? Uh, how stepped up is your faith? Are you acting with prideful strife, meaning that you are a friend of the world and foe of God? Or are you acting with humble submission? means that you are a friend of God and foe of the world. Jesus said in John, he, he said, I call you friends. I call you friends. You're no longer servants. This is not about obedience and beating you with a stick to make sure you line up with me, but because you love me, because you want to live with me, and I with you, I call you friend. Not perfect, but I call you friend. Humble yourself in that. Let him humble you, and you'll know a love like you've never known, and you won't be able to contain it. You'll give it to others. Okay? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for, uh, yes, a hard text, God. And God, we come in with our stuff, our junk, our messes, our miseries, it's not, Lord, we don't want like one more thing to do that we're going to fail at, but rather to realize that even in our failure, your grace is already here for us. And your desire for us is to be with you. We want to be with you. We pray that the walls of pride would be torn down, and we pray that uh, love and hu humility and grace would flow freely among us. And keep us, Lord, as the body of Christ, your bride, waiting, ready, expectant for your coming again. We thank you and pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.